This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So good to see you. Oh, so today I want to talk a bit about the alpaca journey. We all have one, an alpaca journey, that is. For some of us, we go a bit further than others because we can, because we have the opportunity, or because we choose to. When did you meet your first alpaca? That's one of the questions I always ask guests on the podcast. It's important to me because it it's an indicator. It indicates something and tells me a lot quite quickly about your journey. Did you first come across alpacas online or on the TV? Or was it in person? Or was it at a distance or up close? There's something that connects you with an alpaca. I jokingly refer to it as you having an alpaca gene. Uh, You don't really have an alpaca gene, but you know what I'm talking about. My first sight of an alpaca was through binoculars at about a quarter of a mile away. We were out walking the dog and at the edge of the the woods we were just looking and, and happened to notice that down in a little field in next to a building like a stable or something, there was a, an animal that looked, well, what did it look like? It didn't quite look like a horse, but it was that kind of size. It was a bit small. It wasn't a sheep. It was different to a sheep. They seemed to have long legs and long neck. Mm. So that was my first sighting of an alpaca. I can't say that was when I first met an alpaca, though. So it had echoes of something. There was an outline, there was a shape, there was something that just seemed to attract me, I don't know. And then you know the story about Sue, my wife, asking me to humour her and have a look at this website. She'd been thinking about alpacas for the land here. It seemed to be a good fit because of their weight, the lack of a hoof that wouldn't compact the wet ground we've got here, and it just could be a good fit. So... We looked online. We then decided we needed to see, so we actually went to a farm to visit. That was our first meeting, and that was the first walk through a field, a field full of the girls, and that was the first time I saw Hermione. (laughs) Besotted. Oh, dear. She's a lovely old girl now. And we then went back, and and we spent some time choosing the ones that we were going to add into our foundation herd, which we... Once you've seen an alpaca, you see them everywhere. I, I don't know about you, but I'm always checking in fields as I drive by to see if there's an alpaca in it. Uh, most of the time, there's not. And I'm not really expecting to see an alpaca, but I'm always just just curiously looking just to see. And I remember on the journey, when I after we bought the alpacas, and uh, but they hadn't been delivered, I went down and spent a couple of days with the, the breeder, we were getting them from, just to spend some time around them and to do some husbandry work and for them to show me how to do injections and just do bits and pieces. Uh, it was a great experience, really useful, definitely recommended. But on the way down, there's, there's a, a stretch of road 
Um, and I'm never going to be able to find it. If I can find it, I will. I'm sure I took a picture sometime, but I'm not. It might have been before mobile phones. Oh dear, not the way things move, eh? Change. So uh, anyway, there was this sign at each of the laybys. It was a Jill Carriage two two lane thing, and uh, this little laybys, little parking places that were every few miles. There was a sign, and this sign was. Uh, I'm not even sure where it was, which major city was. Anyway, it was a big tall spire. It must have been a cathedral or something. And it was talking about the county that it was the, here in the UK. And the spire and then this kind of building of the church. When you're whizzing past them at a speed, because <laughs> you're not stopping, you're just driving past, it looked like an alpaca that was cushed down. How, how can that be? No, no, this is a cathedral or a or something, it's a spire or it's a building. It is not an alpaca, but it looked like an alpaca to me. As I say, you start to see them all over the place. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what that says about, well, it probably says a lot about me, doesn't it? Okay, let's move on quickly. So alpacas have a, a way of sneaking into your head, uh, or more importantly, sneaking into your heart. It's a well-known fact but I don't actually have any data for it, but I, I think it's true that people who buy alpacas often before the year is out are buying some more. Let's start with these and see how we get on. And then they're bitten by the alpaca bug. They're starting on their alpaca journey and they feel the need to have more. I've talked before about how to approach getting your own alpacas. So I won't go into detail about that other than to say make connections take your time remember you're buying the owner as well as the animals for support and for encouragement so progression in your alpaca journey takes time i remember the initial excitement the thrill and also the panic that it felt when these alpacas were in our field so if you're fortunate enough to be able to have them on your farm, we've done it now. And it's a really exciting thing, but it's also a kind of, oh, what have we done? Do we know what we're doing? And the answer is you probably don't, not fully, but you know enough. Confidence and curiosity are your biggest allies, probably in reverse order. You probably need to, to focus on the curiosity um, and let the confidence build. Can you ever be really ready? Mm, maybe not. But start as well as you can and keep moving forwards. Today, today at feeding time, I was tipping out some of the overnight rain from the feeding troughs and the bowls. The girls were a little impatient. <laughs> My shadow, Tabitha, the little one who's always coming up and wanting to nose to nose greet you. She's always quick to be there just before I pour the feed in. And the number of times she actually gets in the, the way. She seems to love the game. Anyway, another regular I notice is Talia, but Talia is the one that hangs back and she watches to make sure that everything is safe before she steps forward to have her food. Mind you, she's fairly, can I be kind here? She's fairly chunky. <laughs> she's, she, she seems to get more than her share. She does well. So Talia is the one tends to be at the back. Amelia, well, she has just got an expectation that she can move herself, come march straight to the front. 
Millie, even more so, she just walks into the tack room while I'm still filling the buckets for the feed bin. And today, as I stepped out from the tack room, I, I'd finished, I was putting the bucket back for, for the next feeding, empty. As I stepped out and stood surveying the scene, I was suddenly aware of a shape to my side, one that was, distinctive sound, loading up, ready to spit. What is that about? She was opening up, as I glanced and turned around, she was opening her mouth and she was uh, kind of just leaning towards me with her mouth open and kind of goes, I think, what, what? It was Megan. I wasn't doing anything. All I was doing was making things worse because I looked at her or even worse, talking to her. That made things even worse, worse. Oh, she increased in both volume and her subtle leaning towards me with her mouth open. I looked away. Oh, that worked because it subsided. That was good. I then glanced back in her direction. And that was enough. And it, it came <laughs> back again. That imminent threat was was back there again. So I took a step away. That Guide distance of two arms length away from alpacas does hold good. They they know how long an arm is. They like to be about two arms length away from you. It's a comfortable distance. It's called social distancing. And it was there long before the pandemic. So alpacas just like to have a little bit of space between you and them. So she relaxed. Oh, she's so funny. Megan is so, so funny. And... Hmm. Our firstborn in the valley. Now a mature girl with some distinct attitude and a sweetie in her own way. She she really likes Sue and she made a beeline. Sue was down uh, at the at the cabin yesterday, down by the car park. And um, Megan noticed her and came over. And she, <laughs> so Sue kind of, she was kind of leaning forward. But this was a different leaning forward. Uh so Megan was leaning forward towards Sue and she wanted to come and she, she has a good little sniff. She checks her out and it's, I'm not quite sure. What is she sniffing for? She's definitely sniffing for something, but this is confirmation that it's Sue and not me or something, but it's a definite, definite greeting of some kind, but you do have to speak alpaca to understand it fully, but there we go. <laughs> so we started with five, five pregnant females and currently we have 36 uh, including nine of, nine of the boys. And we're still learning. We're currently learning more about processing the fleece and working on producing felt with it. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day, so I was looking at them and I was looking at them and, and watching them and thinking, oh yeah, at this time of year, I'd be starting to do my career watch. So we've got no career. We're not, they're not pregnant. Got no career coming this year. So that's a little bit sad. I, I do feel a little bit sad that we're going to miss out on that this year. But also, that means no career watch, so that's a little bit <laughs> of relief because it's very time-consuming and attention. Attention-consuming, yes. It does take your attention. There's the sounds, there's the, I wonder how they are. You're checking all the time just to see and uh, make sure they're okay if they're about or relatively about to give birth. So, yeah, so no career this, this year. But uh, mm. So sometimes the alpaca journey feels slower than at other times. 
sometimes you're galloping through lots of new things and learning and growing and achieving things. But sometimes it's just continuing and you're doing lots of feeding and seeing them. And I think you get one that suddenly, oh, what's wrong with you? So you have to do a bit of trying to work out <laughs> what is happening. It's usually when you least expect it. Uh, there you go. The progress is variable. But there's always something that's happening. There's something extra to learn, a nuance to note, some progress to be made. And if you can plan that and be deliberate and intentional about it, that's good. Uh, there'll be plenty of things that come up as the as you go that you'll have to step in and do your learning with. So how are you doing on your alpaca journey? I hope it's going well. I hope you're making good progress and feel confident and fulfilled with your alpacas. It's great to see you. Take care and see you again soon. Oh, and if you can, go and spend some time with an alpaca. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. <laughs>